refers to doing things for the sake of preparation for food. So it's not a preparation for food itself, rather it's a form of work which you are performing in order to be able to do something else to prepare for food. We'll see an example in a moment, but there's a discussion whether machshir eichel nefesh may be performed on yomtev. Or perhaps only the preparation of the food itself can be performed on yomtev. So according to this Mishnah, Machshir Eichel Nefesh cannot be performed on Yom Tev, and therefore a Mashchizin Asasakim Yom Tev is forbidden to sharpen a knife in the regular way on Yom Tev by rubbing it on a stone, a special type of sharpening stone, although it is in order to cut the meat in a better way, nevertheless, since it is not directly involved in the preparation of the food, it is forbidden to perform that on Yom Tev. However, if one does it in an unusual way, then it is permitted, but one can lift up a knife and sort of drag it onto another knife, and you can sharpen them that way by scraping knives on each other. Since that is an unusual way to sharpen the knives, it is permitted. The Gemara at one stage does imply that even then it's forbidden to actually sharpen the knife. You're only allowed to drag knives one on top of the other in order to clean them a little bit, but the simple understanding of our Mishnah is that it is permitted to sharpen the knives in an unusual way, using a shinui, a different method. Now the previous couple of Mishnahs discussed doing business-like activities on Yom Tov, and we saw that it is only permitted if it is done in a rough way, not a calculated and precise way, and as well as that, it cannot be that the price is determined on Yom Tov. Either it needs to be based on trust, or that the price was set already before Yom Tov. So the mission now emphasizes that point. A man cannot say to a butcher, Weigh for me such and such amount of meat for the price of a dinner. He is not allowed to specify the price. Now we learned in the previous Mishnah, about weighing on Yom Tov, you certainly cannot weigh in the regular way, perhaps not using scales, or using scales in an unusual way, so then it will be permitted. However, here where he set the price, that will be forbidden, but he can slaughter it on Yom Tov, and they can split it between them if they come as a group, buying an animal and then splitting it between many people. So again, they can do all of that as long as they do not set a price on Yom Tov. The only thing they can really set is how much of the animal they want to buy. So half the animal, a tenth of the animal, something like that, that will be permitted. But as soon as you mention a price, that is too business-like to be permitted on Yom Tov. there are two different ways to understand the first part of this Mishnah in the Gemara. We will explain according to the conclusion of the Gemara. Imam may say to his friend who is a shopkeeper, he may go there on Yom Tov and tell him, fill up this utensil for me with whatever product you're selling. And even if that utensil which he gives him is a measuring utensil, let's say it holds a liter and it might even have marks for measuring, he can give that utensil to the shopkeeper and tell him to fill it up. But he cannot specify the measurement. He cannot say, give me a particular exact amount of fruit, let's say, or of oil. However, he is allowed to give him a utensil where it's clear that it holds, let's say, a liter of oil as long as he does not specify that that is what he wants. And the reason is because it does not seem business-like. Even if he uses such a utensil, some people use that at home as well. That itself is not an indication that he is doing a business transaction. If he starts being precise and tells him to give him a precise measure, then it becomes very much like a business weekday activity and is therefore forbidden. 
Now, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Even if it was just a utensil, which had the measurements on it, and people generally used for measuring, he may not fill that up. Even if he does not specify that that is what he wants, he cannot even say, fill up this measuring utensil for me. Even that appears to be like a weekday, more business-like transaction, and it is not in the spirit of Yom Tov, and therefore forbidden according to Rabbi Yehuda. The mission now brings over the following story, which seems to support Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Maisa Abba Shaul ben Botnis. There was a story that would happen with Abba Shaul ben Botnis. He would always fill up his measures, let's say he would sell oil. So he would always fill up the measuring utensils of oil before Yom Tov, and he would give them to those who came to buy them on Yom Tov. Of course, they wouldn't set the price on Yom Tov, as we have learned in the, fir- in the past few Mishnayis, but the point is we see that he would make sure to fill up his measuring utensils the day before Yom Tov, and not on Yom Tov itself, so that implies, like Rabbi Yehuda, that it is forbidden to use and fill up a measuring utensil on Yom Tov itself. However, Abba Shol Oimer, Abba Shol says, Abba Shol ben Botnis would even do this on Cholamoyed, not only on Yom Tov, so we already see, not like Rabbi Yehuda, that he didn't do this because he held it was forbidden to do so on Yom Tov. It must have been for a different reason. And what was that reason? Maybe Rui Hamidais, because of the precision of the measurements, and the Gemara explains that many people on Cholamoyed would come to Abu Shol ben Botnis to learn Torah by him, and he would have less time to measure out the amount of oil or the amount of whatever he was selling exactly, so he would always do it the day before, or the night before. And so that's why he wouldn't do it on the Yom Tov day itself, but not because he held it was forbidden to fill up a measuring utensil on Yom Tov. Alright, Vachachom, I remember the Chachomim say, Afbachol Eisakein. Even on a regular we- weekday, Abosham and Botnis would do this. He would fill up the measuring utensils the night before. Because of the dropping out from the measuring utensils, meaning he would measure, let's say, for example, oil. He would have a measuring utensil to measure how much oil he was selling, and then he would pour it into a different utensil to sell it in that utensil. But when one pours oil, not every last drop of the oil comes out. Often a bit of it remains in the original measuring utensil. So in order to be totally honest, and make sure he was not taking any extra oil for himself, Abu Shalman Botanist would make sure to leave the jug of oil, or the measuring utensil of oil, over the other utensil overnight, so that all of the oil would drop out, and he would be selling the right amount, and no less, to his customers. Ends off the Mishnah, One can go to the shopkeeper, who he frequently goes to, and so the shopkeeper trusts him, so he won't set a price on Yom Tov, but alone you can say to him, Give me a certain number of eggs or walnuts, because that is even the custom of a regular person in his home to count by number. It's not considered like a business-like transaction as soon as he mentions a number of eggs which he wants. Only if he starts mentioning the price or the measurements or the weights, only does it become a business-like transaction then. But just mentioning the number is totally permitted on Yom Tov. This Mishnah continues a discussion of weekday activities which may not be done on Yom Tov or need to be done with a shinui, with a difference in how it is done. And the Mishnah tells us that Hamevi Kadiyayim Imokalim Imokalim one who brings jugs or barrels of wine from one place to another, and he's going to go through a public area. 
where people are going to see him. He may not bring them in a basket or some sort of larger basket. That is the regular way in which they were brought. Aaron will generally bring quite a lot of bottles or a lot of jugs of the wine in one go. This is very much a weekday activity. However, he is allowed to bring the wine on his shoulder, Olafonovar in front of him in his hands. If he does it in an unusual way, then it is no longer considered a weekday activity and it is permitted. People realize that he is doing it in a different way because of Yomtev. Similarly, one who brings straw in a basket, he's going to use it either to feed the animals or to fuel his fire, which is permitted on Yomtev. He may not hang the basket of straw behind him on his back, which is the regular way of doing it, and would often be quite burdensome, it would be quite heavy, and even if he doesn't bring a lot of straw, so in this instance, it won't necessarily be heavy, since generally it is, and that is the regular way in which it was transported, it is considered to be a weekday activity. Avol, however, he can bring the basket of straw in his hand, by his side or in front of him. Again, that is a shinui, it is done in a different manner, and it is therefore permitted because he is showing that he is doing it in a yomtev way. Continues the Mishnah, one may begin on a pile of straw, Meaning, even if the pile of straw was in storage, for example, and he hadn't taken any of that straw before, and when when Yomtev began, he did not have the intention of using that straw, nevertheless, he can take that. The reason being, the Gemara explains that we are going according to Rabbi Shimon, and according to Rabbi Shimon, most types of muktza are permitted. Rabbi Shimon argues on the concept of muktza in most scenarios, and so even if he did not intend to use it when Yomtev began, since he had nothing against using it when Yomtev began, he just didn't really think of it. Therefore, according to Rabbi Shimon, he may take that straw and it is not considered to be muktza. However, even Rabbi Shimon agrees that one may not take one may not take wood which is in storage, which is set aside for building purposes, so it's usually much more expensive wood, and certainly to use it for its regular purpose would be forbidden on Yom Tov. One can't build things on Yom Tov. The only thing he would want to use the wood for on Yom Tov is to fuel his fire. But to use very expensive wood to fuel one's fire, it's certainly not regularly done, which means that when Yomtev came in, it's not just that he didn't think of using it, but his intention was actually to be against that. When Yomtev began, if you would have asked him, would you use that wood for fueling a fire, he would have specifically said no. And such type of muktzah is known as muktzah machmas chesor and kiss. When something is muktzah because it is very valuable, and therefore the owner wouldn't use it for anything other than its designated purpose, and even according to Shimon, that type of muktzah is forbidden. Mr. Bates, the discussion continues, a nodlin eitzman asukah, one may not take wood which is part of a hut. He can't take off a board which is part of the walls of a hut. That comes under the prohibition of demolishing a building, which is prohibited both on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Rather, from the wood which is next to the hat, if there are, let's say, wooden beams leaning against the walls of the hat, but they are in no way part and connected to the hat, so those pieces of wood are not considered to be muktza, and you certainly would not be demolishing any structure by taking them, and so you can take those and use them for firewood. We don't say that they are considered to be part of the walls because they're leaning against them, and they're considered secondary to them, rather you can take these pieces of wood. Continues the Mishnah with its discussion of muktza when it comes to wood. One may bring wood 
of course, which is detached from the ground. One can bring it from the field only when hamachunos, from that which has already been gathered together into a pile, so the owner has shown that he has intention to use it on Yom Tov, assumedly for the purpose of firewood, so he would be able to use that. However, wood which has not been gathered together, but it's just lying there in the field, that is considered mukta, since wood is more commonly used for other things, for uses which are forbidden on Yom Tov, and therefore unless he gathered it together before Yom Tov, it is considered to be mukta. However, when a karpef, wood which is from an enclosure, which is a closed area, surrounded by a fence or some sort of other wall, so it's a guarded area, a fuzar, even the wood which is scattered around that enclosure is not considered muktzah, and he may take that to use it for firewood. The Gemara does actually add that this is a subject to debate, and many others argue on this opinion of the Mishnah. However, according to our Mishnah, since it's surrounded by a fence, it's considered more prepared, more set aside for use, and is therefore not considered to be muktzah. Ezo what is considered to be such an enclosure where the wood which is inside of it is not considered to be muktzah? Kolsh Anything which is close to the city, which the Gemara explains, needs to be within the Ibrahair, which is the area surrounding the city, which is generally left empty, but it's considered to be an extension of the city. It gives some beauty to the city, having an empty area surrounding the entire city. It's a, it's a distance of just over 70 amas in every direction. That's known as the Ibrahair, and so if there is an enclosure within that Ibrahair, and of course all the more so if it's further into the city, even though in general they were not, but that would be considered to be not mukta. Do Rabbi Yehuda, that is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yaisi Aymer. Rabbi Yaisi says, Any enclosure which in order to get in you need a key, so it's considered private, it's considered closed off, and anything inside of there is considered to be set aside for the owner's use. Even if it's only just about within the Tachum Shabbos, which is a distance of 2,000 amas outside of the city, that's the maximum distance which one can travel on Shabbos or Yom Tov. So any enclosure within the 2,000 amas, if you need a key to get in, that shows that it is considered set aside and enclosed such that anything inside of there would not be considered mukta.